Looking for a local bank to call home? Come visit First Carolina Bank, a bank that can handle any financial need, whether personal or business, with ease and speed that can't be matched. We're proud to be able to give our customers one-on-one time and focus. With no 800 numbers, your local team is ready to assist. If you're looking for a bank to call home, visit us today. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. All right, welcome back to Inside Braves Football with Offensive Coordinator Elliot Radden. We apologize, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty transparent, Elliot Radden. I can tell you exactly what happened. We got a brand new unit here. I had another unit that I was shipping off to get a tune-up to get ready for the season. And some of the settings for the new unit, when I transferred everything, that's the one setting. That's why people couldn't hear it. So I believe we have it. Uh, but we, at least we should have it anyway. Uh, we we should have it, I believe. Uh, hmm, do we have it? All right. So let's see here. Let's let's correct that here while we're while we're correcting. While we're correcting, I think we do have it. Okay. All right. So let's get into the uh, the offensive side. This is a uh, live. I guess live video, live streaming, live television. You know how these things go. When you go live, it's got to be perfect sometimes right. it doesn't doesn't always go as planned all right so coach again let's let's get into it here let's start with the quarterbacks and as we talked about before we left for the first time just kind of a new deal and I've been you know, talking to people at media day about this you know we know what Felix Harper did we know previously what Noah Johnson did we knew what Lenore Footman did we knew what all that we knew all that worked out but now it's kind of different, the competition aspect of it. So let's start with the quarterbacks. You've got the depth chart in front of you here. So let's start with that and the expectation of that position going into this season. Yeah, obviously the biggest thing, you know, for whoever's going to win the job is going to be that the ball goes to the right spot when it needs to go there um, to really let us operate how we need to and go fast and score a bunch of points. Um, you know, as we go through camp here, hopefully we can make a decision in the – in the first couple weeks here of camp, um, you know, it'll be with Coach McNair and Coach Phillips and myself, and we'll sit down and kind of, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into making sure, rotating those guys through to figure out who it's going to be and giving them opportunities. And um, the decision-making is going to be a huge, huge part of it for us just as far as who's going to protect the football and get it to the guys that it needs to go to when it's supposed to get there. And obviously the talk off-season – it's been about the Louisiana Tech transfer, Aaron Allen. We'll get a chance to meet him coming up here in the next week or so. Um, we talked. We had a long interview one-on-one for about an hour and a half a few weeks ago, and just a lot of good stuff when you talk about Aaron Allen. He has his degree and MBA and all that stuff. So he's got a lot of his other stuff in life in order, and I'm sure he wants to you know, deal with his football career and have that really go well. Talk about the process of bringing him in. How did all of that transpire to where he was at Tech to where he is right now? Yeah, so obviously after the season we knew we needed to go find some spots and we were looking for whether it was Juco or transfer just because we have a couple younger guys between Trey and Cole that are going to be really good players. So just to kind of feel, fill a void with some older guys, um, you know, he finished his degree at La Tech in February because they're in the quarter system. So that took a little bit of work with compliance as far as figuring out how, you know, if we if we brought a guy in, we wanted to give him a chance to compete in the spring, learn the system, and do that part of it. So we worked with compliance to kind of figure out. He graduated at the end of February, and he was dual enrolled. 
All right. So when he was dual enrolled, he was finishing up his his business classes at Tech while also taking classes here at Alcorn. So we had to work through some paperwork and some logistics to figure that part out. And um, once he fin the day he finished, he graduated on a Friday and he was here on a Sunday. I think he had about a week of meetings before we got that first week of spring practice in. Then we went on spring break, and then we came back and finished off the spring. So um, he had a pretty quick learning curve in terms of trying to pick it all up before he went out there and practiced. But I think that was huge for us to get a guy in here and get him in here in the spring to be able to have a chance to compete, learn the offense, and then you know as we go through summer, we get a chance to go through it a second time with teaching and install. And then as we start camp next week, uh, that'll be really his third time through the install, and it'll be the second time going out there with real pads on and doing that part of it. Um, so, you know, it was it was a little bit of a process to get him here, but, again, it was very important for us to get, get whoever that was going to be that we signed here mid-year to give them as many reps and an opportunity to compete. Obviously what jumps off the page when you look at him is his size. Probably one of the bigger quarterbacks we've had around here. Yeah, he's in that six foot six one range and over two hundred pounds. Uh, Q Q's a little bit bigger guy. He probably Q's probably six two six three. So we got some. All those guys are going to be taller guys um, that are competing for that spot. So you know, but yeah, he's definitely got good size to him. You, you talked about and you and I talked about this last a few weeks ago about the competition aspect. You know, we talked about it before. You kind of knew Felix. You kind of knew Noah. You kind of knew Lenoris. But now it's it's really true competition. Everyone makes the assumption it's going to be one guy. A lot of people say Aaron Allen, Aaron Allen, Aaron Allen. But this is what the competition comes in, and this is where you have to earn it. And this is what you and I talked about this, how this is the way it's probably you know should have been the last few years. But one guy really jumped off the page the last few years. This is a true quarterback competition. Yeah, I think it's awesome just uh, – with the competition between Aaron, Q, Trey, and Cole going at it, you know, I think for those guys it does nothing but, you know, competition pushes those guys to be great every day. You know, they know they're competing for a starting spot. Someone's got to compete to be the backup, you know, and, and all these years that we've won it, two quarterbacks have had to play at some point during the year. So, you know, and we've expressed that to them as well as, you know, someone needs to be the starter, and then whoever that backup is, they need to be ready to go because – things happen. So I think that competition does great things for people. And you look across our roster at a bunch of different spots. We have good competition going on. And you always hear Coach McNair talk about, you know, depth, you know, having good quality depth. Because, you know, when something bad happens, no one cares that it's the two. It's our job as coaches to make sure that we, one, recruit enough quality depth, and two, we do high-quality coaching to get those guys ready. You know, no one cares when someone gets hurt. You know, no, not a big deal to whoever you're playing. When we go out there against SFA, they're not going to care if it's the two or the three. Our job as coaches is to make sure we have someone ready to play and that can play at a winning level. So all the talk about Aaron Allen, now you talk about Quinn, a different type of quarterback, more of the, the dual threat. Talk about him and what's impressed you about him. Yeah, Q, you know, Q's a big, strong kid. Um, you know, he played at Pearl River in Memphis. Um, he definitely has a running aspect to him where he's a strong runner. You can run him. He's done it his whole life. Um, big, strong arm. So, you know, I think he's definitely got some tools of to look like a quarterback that we've played with here. Um, you know, he he's strong. He throws it well. So, you know, and he's an older guy too. I think when you look at both those guys, those guys are both older guys. 
Trey went through the year last year getting a whole bunch of reps as a backup. Um, you know, so I think all these guys have gotten a lot of college reps. Obviously, those two younger guys, maybe not as many, but um, Trey enrolled at school early when he got here, so he's actually – he just finished up his second spring. Uh, those guys have been able to be in the system and learning for, for quite a bit of time here now. Yeah, how important is that? I mean, because you're – you're kind of built. You normally would build it from scratch. Just this is their first uh, experience with the system. But obviously, Allen's been here, and then you talk about Quinn just already being familiar. Once you hit the field next Friday morning, for real. Although it's been for real, but this is, as they say, for real, for real, because you're hitting, you're hitting the field. Uh, how important is that? It's very important. You know, ever just. When Think about when you come someplace new and you're kind of looking around trying to figure things out as opposed to when you know where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, you understand the verbiage, the lingo. Um, you know, I think that familiarity for them and for us is both good, you know, and those guys have put in a tremendous amount of work this summer meeting and doing voluntary meetings to try and get as much extra film and understanding of the playbook as they can. And so it's exciting to watch those guys work. It it really is fun. I'm I'm looking forward to that competition. What what you know? Just talk about them off the field, just the camaraderie and just how they're able to learn. You said just learning where the meeting rooms are and just trying to get familiar with the university and where everything is athletically, the complex. Just getting acclimated on that aspect. Yeah, you know, obviously most of those guys, you know, a couple of those guys are in grad school. Q's in grad school. Aaron's in grad school. Those other two. Uh, Cole's getting far along in his degree. Um, you know, Trey was here early. So those guys, have they've been here for a minute. And they're able to, I think, especially with the competition going on, they're familiar with what they're doing. They're all good students. So they can really put invest a lot of time into football for them to try and compete for the starting job. And so those two, and now you look down the road, the threes, the four, who, who else in your depth chart there is looking to get – you know, perhaps some time at the quarterback position? Well, you know, we, we just got the four. Uh, and with Aaron, Q, Trey, and Cole, um, you know, so all those guys are competing. I wish uh, – and even if we did have a starter, I probably I probably wouldn't say it right now. But <laughs> we, really, we really don't. You know, those guys are going to compete and go through camp. And, you know, um, they got some work to do to sort it out. And hopefully they make it hard on us to, on who, who makes the decision. In a, in a perfect world – I know you can't name the starter now. You just want to let this drag out, maybe that last scrimmage before we get to Stephen F. That's when you probably say, okay, you're the starter. That's kind of the way it, it typically works. It, honestly, you'd like to have it maybe after the first big scrimmage. You know, that's what you'd like to know. And when Coach McNair decides to, to announce it or however he goes about <laughs> that, that's up to him. Um, personally, I don't see, you know, the team will know. You know, the team will know, and I, it'll, it'll become evident as we keep going in my opinion, but as far as publicly announcing it, that's kind of up to coach. I don't I don't see any advantage to Stephen F. Austin knowing who's gonna be out there. Um you know, so but that's up to coach. You know, he I let him he's had a pretty good run of uh he knows what he's doing with the quarterback, so kind of follow his lead and we have some conversations, but however he wants to approach that, that's he's been pretty good at it. You know what he told me a media day? What's that? I said, Coach, who's gonna be the starter? And he said, you know what, uh, he got a call from the NCAA office. He still has some eligibility left. <laughs> Coach Dancy left a year out there. He has a year of eligibility left. So that's just how uh, how low-key he wants he wants to keep this. So now as we move to the backfield, 
we got a stable of backs in the backfield. We know about Nico Duffy. But, Coach, kid from Syracuse, from what I've seen in the spring, is the real deal. Is this probably one of the deepest uh, running back rooms you've seen? I think so. You know, obviously we got to see it go out there on Saturdays. But when you look top to bottom, we feel like coming out of spring, all those guys that were here, we can hand the ball to in a game and be very comfortable that they can play at a high level. Um, and I think the neat thing, again, when you look at that, all those guys are going to play, but it's going to be a true competition to see who's going to get, you know, who's going to get the most reps. And, you know, I think the other thing when you're looking at you're just looking at those backs. You don't want some of those guys to take 30 carries in a game. With with our rushing attack, we want to be able to rotate those guys in, keep them fresh and pound people. So that way as we come down the stretch here, those guys aren't tired. We can lean on people. We can finish games in the fourth quarter. They can make people miss and and finish the game. And if you're down to one or two, that gets hard when it's just one guy carrying the load. Because I think when you look at all those guys between Nico, Jarvion, Vontae, and BJ, those guys all have – they're all a little bit different, but they all have the ability to make people miss. And if we can have full trust, those guys will stay fresh. And I just think the rushing attack will be that much better when, when you have multiple guys that you can hand the ball to and you have a high level of trust in. So let's start with the one guy that everyone's talked about in the spring, the Syracuse transfer, who is really wowing a lot of wowed a lot of people in the spring. Talk about him. He already, I uh, think, as far as his education goes, he's kind of set as well. So he wants to play some good football. Talk about him. Yeah, he came in. Uh, he got here in January. His name? Jarvion Howard. Okay. Um, you know, he he's originally from Mississippi, East Marion, I believe, went up to Syracuse, uh, did a couple years up there. I think he ran for. I think close to 800 yards in his time up there, Um, you know. So he's got two years of eligibility left. Uh, He's an impressive individual, works hard every day. Um, You know, he he brings it. He, he, like, he's the guy that will go out there and work out before the workouts and flip tires, and, like, we we saw it firsthand. We just – we'd pull up to winter conditioning, and he's out there on on the top field up there flipping tires and running and – um, I think he's been awesome for that room because those guys, they all know they're good enough to play and they believe they're good enough to play, but now they they want to all be the guy. So I think his work ethic is rubbing off on those guys, and those guys already were hard workers. So you start seeing them really – they're pushing each other. It's fun to kind of watch those guys, just watching them go through summer and competing against each other. It's kind of neat because they, they know if they're all playing well, they're all going to get the ball and they all want to stay fresh and you know have great years. So you look at Howard, obviously Nico Duffy coming back. Just talk about some of the other guys at the backfield that we can expect to see. Yeah, so obviously we all know about Nico. He said he looks like he came back a little bit thicker. Um, I was joking with him in the spring, but I meant that he looked faster coming out of the spring, and I truly believe it is splitting some of those reps. Um, You know, Javante Leatherwood, he had a nice spring. Big, strong back. You know, he loves to lift. He's always in the weight room. Uh, he played a little bit for us last year. You saw him again in, in the Jackson game. Um, you really saw him start to pick up his football IQ as, as the spring went on, you know, just going through his second college spring. You know, that first time, like we're talking about the familiarity, you go through it, and now he's able to focus on some of the finer points of it. Um, and then B.J. Rogers had one of the, the best springs of anyone just on the offense when you look at it. You know, he redshirted last year. Um, he put on probably 15 pounds coming out of high school, coming up here, and he had a really good spring. You know, he's he's Vontae's a bigger, stronger, more powerful back, 
And and BJ BJ's a powerful back. He's not as big, but he has some home run speed. He's got the ability to make you miss. Um, and just he he runs like he wants carries every day in practice. And that's the one thing. I, you know, Coach Booz has done a great job in that room. But those guys, when you see a bunch of talent going around, it just raises the level of the room. So um, very excited about all those guys. If you look at you look at a guy like Nico Duffy. I mean, he's. He can get his, and then you add Howard to it. Pretty good dynamic, different types of backs for different types of situations. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we know Nico can run, and but Nico's carried the ball between the tackles a lot of times in his first couple of years in college. Um, and I, he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you, sometimes it's nice to have, when him and Show were both healthy last year, it was kind of nice to have those two going back and forth and getting in a little groove. You know, you'd like to play three to four backs in a game. And I think this year we're going to have that luxury to really play, you know, we play four backs and feel very comfortable with what they can all do. So now we go to the receivers and tight ends. Obviously, C.J. Bowler was at media day, the top receiver coming back in terms of yards. Uh, what's, what's your expectation for him for the upcoming year? You know, I, I think all those receivers should have a really good year when I'm looking at it because when you look at it, we have – I think we have six senior receivers. Um and you look at a guy like Juan Anthony who's pushing close to 100 catches in his career. You look at C.J. Bowler out there who I think had 40 catches last year. And you look at Tim McNair who's played in there and Akeem and Manny and Monterio who will be a senior. Um, It's very exciting. I think that group could be one of the strongest in the conference and have a very good year. And I think the depth that we have there can really – like here's the deal. We don't don't say throw it to so-and-so. The defense is going to dictate where the ball goes. So I think, you know, if they want to if they want to clamp down on the inside guys and the ball needs to go outside, we have guys that can make plays out there. If they want to take away the outside and the ball needs to go, it's kind of like a yo-yo. It goes back and forth of, you know, the ball's going to, when we're at our best, the ball finds where it needs to go when it's supposed to go there. Okay? And the hardest thing is when the ball starts getting forced places, then the offense isn't operating how it needs to go. If there's set, if there's eight guys in the box and we only got six to block and we keep trying to hand it off into it, they're saying the ball's not supposed to go there. So I think those guys all have an opportunity. You look at those outside guys and those inside guys, I think they can have a really good year, and you should see a bunch of guys catch a bunch of balls. So we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. We talk about Juan Anthony. I mean, obviously C.J. Bowler in terms of yards and receptions, one of the top guys coming back. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Juan Anthony, I remember the Swack Miak Challenge. I mean, when we needed a big catch there early in the game, he he was the guy, and he's been the guy. But just kind of as we went through the season last year, Juan Anthony didn't call his name quite as much. Was that the defense? Was it some other stuff going on with Looking for a local bank to call home? Come visit First Carolina Bank, a bank that can handle any financial need, whether personal or business, with ease and speed that can't be matched. We're proud to be able to give our customers one-on-one time and focus with no 800 numbers. Your local team is ready to assist. If you're looking for a bank to call home, visit us today. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Innovation means moving forward. It means change. It means improvements. Nokia has contributed technologies. They are integrated to billion devices every year. We are creating the standards 2G to 5G to 6G and standards define the future of these technologies. The best way to predict the future is to actually create it. Nokia innovates. 
Find out how to license our technology at Nokia.com forward slash inventions. Because, you know, we had a pretty good conversation in terms of, you know, trying to get Juan Anthony more touches. Obviously, you have a deeper wide receiver room, but you talk about Bowler and Juan Anthony and Manny, and but Juan Anthony was the guy that a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, you know, would have liked to see some more catches there as the year went on. But, um, you know, hopefully as we went through spring, he had a really nice spring and we see the ball get dispersed. Like in 19, when we it, 19, we were deep. When you looked around, you had you had him, you had Blair, you had Pringle, and that ball was going all over the place. And Ray. So I think when we're at our best is when we have when we have weapons at each spot to because again we want the ball to find where where the defense says it needs to go. So um, you know they can only take away so much, you know. And I think if you know we get the ball going where it needs to go all of those guys should have a really nice year and it's exciting to see um just looking at it because we're deep there we're deep and i think if they if they perform to our level of expectations there should be a bunch of guys that have a bunch of bunch of yards bunch of catches bunch of touchdowns and should have good years and they should be excited speaking of expectation none of this happens quarterback receivers running back none of this happens without uh, the offensive line doing their part and I, every time we talk about the offensive line to start the season, I go back a few years ago when we went to Little Rock and played Arkansas and only had five to go up against the Razorbacks that played every snap. A lot of people still might not know that. We played five offensive linemen the whole game against uh, a very good SEC team. Come a long way since that, Coach, and a lot in terms of numbers, a long way in terms of the depth, the quality, and quantity. So talk about the offensive line, some of the holes that you needed to fill in the offseason and that you have filled with camp starting. Yeah, so obviously, you know, and like I was saying earlier, when guys get dinged up, no one cares that someone got dinged up on the outside. It's our job as coaches to make sure we got enough quality depth and that we've done enough preparation of moving guys around to make sure we're in a good spot to compete and continue to win. You know, obviously we got dinged up at center last year. It was played 29 against North Carolina Central. The left tackle got hurt. The center got hurt. The center, real, Joey, only played maybe 20 snaps the rest of the year. Uh, and we'd done a good job at left tackle because when Mike Moment got hurt as a true freshman, T.J. Yarbrough came in, and he started the next 10 games. And then center, the next week we start Steve Carter. The following week we went with Darius Smith. And so we kind of rotated through. We had some snap issues. Darius Smith finishes off the year. We now, going into fall camp, we have five guys that can snap and have naturally played center. Uh, Will Reddy would have the ability to also play center. And so one thing we've worked very hard as we've gone through the summer is making sure we have guys that can play left and right. The guys that have the ability to move inside and play guard can play guard. Because my deal is, if somebody goes down, it doesn't need to just be whoever the two at that spot is to bump up. And in a perfect world, you'd have the six best linemen plugged in ready to go. Now, some guys, some guys can't bump in and play guard. They're just not comfortable. Maybe their skill set doesn't fit it. Uh, some guys can't go to left, but they can play right guard and right tackle. So one thing, you know, we've worked very, very hard that this summer is making sure we have some guys that can play multiple spots, training them at spots, and we'll continue that through training camp. You know, it's always a fine line up front of you want those guys to get comfortable working together with their combos and just the familiarity with the guy next to you. You know, kind of like a pitcher and catcher. They yeah. got their weird little – it's no different up front and making sure that those guys are comfortable. But, you know, 19, in 2019, the only injury we really had was Bubba Brooks getting hurt and then Will Reddy stepped in the lineup and he started most of the year after that. He started every game after that. Last year, we weren't as fortunate. 
Left tackle got hurt. Center got hurt. Will missed a couple games. And that's fine. That's fine. You'll never hear me make an excuse about it. It's our job to make sure – it's my job to make sure that we have enough quality people that can step in and do that and be ready to go. Because it's going to happen. They play offensive line. Like, there's there's carnage in there at times. So, um, I th- we're, we're trending in a good direction with that. How would you – so, last year – and this is – we talked about this, obviously, and for the first time, really, a lot of people – are finding out how tough it was last year to move the chess pieces around on the offensive line. Yeah, uh, and just some of it was, you know, um, just when guys got hurt, some guys maybe necessarily weren't ready, um, but that's my job. My job is to make sure these guys are ready and get them ready to play. So um, I feel very good right now, and we have some good co- – and part of it, we have some good competition going at these spots. You know, the center spot um, – we have some really good competition going on there between Steve Carter, Deontay Reed, uh, Zach Humes, Ronald Brown, Connor Foy just got here. Connor and Ronald both just got here. They can they can play center, so it's exciting to see them. And pretty much four of those five can go play guard spots too. And and that's huge for me. Like I said, we got to have enough pieces that when things go wrong, and some of it may just be moving some guys around to find that best combination of five guys to go out there. So – I'll be moving those guys around, and they've done a tremendous job, you know, learning it and getting ready to move around a little bit. Because, again, it's tackles different than guard. Now, sometimes right and left isn't any different assignment-wise, but some guys just aren't – some guys aren't comfortable being over on the left. But we have a good mix of guys that, that are doing that, even though all our guards can play both spots, which is good. So, um, like I said, we're, we're working very hard at that. I want to make sure if, if something happens, we have a plan for that. We'll get back to that coming up. We have a call coming in. We're going to go to Dallas where Kermit, a proud contributor of the Bray Sports Network and WPRL. Kermit joining us from Dallas, Texas. Good evening, Kermit. How are you? Charles, how you doing? How you doing, Coach Radden? I'm great. How are you? All right, Coach Radden, I got two questions for you. I got one hard one and one easy one. I'm going to give you the easy one at the end, okay? All right. The the question I have is that if you're looking at all the different programs right now, uh, uh, our program and Valley and UAPB and TSU, it seems that we were the only four programs that did not load up on uh, college transfer, uh, being FBS transfer. So my question is, uh, have we elected not to do that, or is it hard for us to do it because of our location, where we are, uh, our facilities, or is it that our philosophy is we rather go with the junior college players and the high school players? Well, uh, there's a few layers to that. We And I think we have a few more than people realize uh, on the roster. Just when you look across at our skill spots, you know, we have one at back, we have two at quarterback, we have three at receiver. Um, so it's it's a good mix. Um, we do recruit the junior colleges pretty heavily, being that we have 14 of them in our state. And then part of it, too, is we do go after some, and sometimes we don't get them just based on whether it's location or people looking for stuff. You know, some of those guys come from the Power 5 places. They want to they wanna look for stuff or – even some of them, you know, the first thing some ask about, you know, some of the bigger schools, they have stipends they give out. Um, you know, when they say, Coach, how much is the stipend? i got to make my truck payment. So, well, we, you know, most of us at our, at our level aren't giving out stipends. 
So um, it's a little bit of a mix of all of it. You know, I think we've gone after some. You know, part of it for us is making sure we find the right fit at the transfers because, you know, just because he played at school X, Y, or Z doesn't necessarily mean he's a good player. Uh, doesn't mean he's not a good player, but, um, you know, we're trying to find the right fits. And you'll notice a lot of our guys on the roster are guys either we recruited out of high school, uh, in-state kids that are coming back home. So, um, like I said, there's some layers to that, and I think it's a little bit of all the above. All right, and, Coach, my second question is that I think we're going on our third year now uh, with the uniforms that we have now. And it's time for us to get new uniforms. And I guess I want to be the designer of those new uniforms. So can you uh, persuade Coach Mack to let me be that designer? I'll, I'll see what I can do. If there's one person that's never going to get asked for fashion or color <laughs> input, it's me. Wow. <laughs> so I'll, I can recommend you because he sure isn't going to come ask me about that, nor should he. Well, Coach, we appreciate everything you're doing, and good luck in this upcoming season. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Kermit joining us uh, from Dallas, a proud contributor of the Brave Sports Network. We appreciate everyone joining us. we got some uh, text questions coming in. We'll get to those as well. You can send a text at 601-301-2611. You can give us a call, 601-877-6595. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio, and uh, I'm on Facebook Live as well. You can uh, send a question that way as well. Again, apologize for the uh, for the technical screw up earlier that is totally on me as you try to get ready for the upcoming season switching equipment around and all of that uh some things that i forgot to do and uh, i had to take a moment or two to get that squared away so we'll get uh, we'll continue to break down the offense in a couple of weeks we'll have uh cedric thomas here he'll be sitting in this seat and he'll we'll talk about the braves defense his second tour of duty here as braves defensive coordinator so we'll talk a little bit about the defense and what we can expect to see especially against the number 10th ranked team in the in the FCS and Stephen F. Austin rolling in here. Last year, Coach Radden, we uh, beat Northwestern State, and now we get a chance to see one of the uh, top teams, at least in terms of the rankings, in uh, Stephen F. Austin coming up in five weeks and a day, and that'll be a, a really good test. we got another FCS opponent in McNeese coming up a couple of weeks after that, Tulane sandwiched in. So a very uh, interesting start to the to the season does it does it provide anxious moments in terms of we know what the quarterback situation what it looks like in terms of who it might be but getting everything the continuity that's the one word I've heard over the last couple of weeks with me today and all continuity the continuity a lot of these teams with different quarterbacks new pieces new coaches new coordinators the continuity how important is that to get that going early because our first conference game our first division game will be uh, right here, UAPB Golden Alliance rolling in here. Yeah, obviously, you know, coming out of those non-conference games, it's huge to make sure that we're we're continuing to build to play our best football as we get into conference play. Um, those are three very good teams we have going early. Um, but, you know, just talking with Coach McNair about it, he, he loves it, and I love it just from the standpoint of, one, I like that they're all grouped together. You know, I always think it's tough when you play that non-conference game in the middle of the year you know, a couple of years back, I think it was Savannah State in the middle of the year just, you know, because everyone's awareness raises when it's swag time. Um, but it gives you a good chance. we got three quality opponents that, you know, we're going to have to show up and play very, very well each week. And and I think that will be good for our guys to make sure we keep building week to week as before we enter conference play. That's going to be interesting because we got a t- tough schedule. Obviously, we go to Southern, 
go to Grambling, uh, go to Valley. Um, that's a 6 o'clock game, by the way, for those who might not know, for the first time. And I think this may be a first, the latest that we played Valley. I think in 18 we played them at night. Did we? I think. Mm, I, I'm, I'm used to catching the uh, all-you-can-eat buffet before it closes. So I'm, that's I'm, right. That, the, the earlier the game is, the better for me. So that's <laughs> – but uh, I, I got on Coach Dancy at media day about that. Why are we playing at 6 o'clock when we normally play a little bit earlier? But that's not my call to make. Anyway, we'll make this call. We'll take a timeout. More to come as we have Inside Braves football with offensive coordinator Elliot Ratton. We'll be right back. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to FDA.gov slash BeSafeRx. All right, welcome back. We are inside Braves football with offensive coordinator uh, Elliot Ratton joining us here. I am just really looking forward to this season, Coach, and an interesting dynamic. And, you know, we had won six out of the last seven, you know, division titles, and, and everybody's wondering, like, what in the heck happened? What happened, Coach? I know we're moving on, and I know people still are having a hard time putting the bow on 2021. But as you look at it, you talked about it with the offensive line. Offensively, you know, we had the weapons there. We had Felix Harper and all that. But just to put a bun, this is the last time I'll probably talk about it because camp starts in seven days. But And you and I have talked about it. As you look at last season, and you were kind of brainstorming with this when we talked Last year, how tough was it and just the challenges we had to deal with throughout the course of the year? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously there were challenges we went throughout the year, and that wasn't always fun to deal with, but, you know, it is what it is. We can't control some of those things that happen, you know, especially in, in, in my role. You know, our job is to show up and coach and game plan every day and get those guys ready to go. Um, I will say this summer has been good. It's been a lot of football. Haven't been a whole lot of anything else, so hopefully that can continue just as far as being able to put all your energy and effort into coaching ball every day. Um, you know, obviously we didn't play as well as we needed to some of those games. You know, I think just when you look at it, the ball didn't always make it. We didn't we didn't make as many plays as we needed to. You know, um, you know, you look at the dip in it. We we were a few explosive passes less a game. That was one of the big things we saw is we were missing some of those big throws that we hit in 19 and 18, and um, we missed some of those. And so that's where we got to be better. We got to be more disciplined as far as making sure that, you know, the things that need to get done, get done. You know, I think we were relatively good on third down and you you could look at stats a million ways. I could sit here and tell you a million things we did well, and I could show you a bunch of things that we need to do better at. And we've, we've spent a lot of time identifying, you know, things that we need to do better or things that needed to be changed. So, you know, I, I had an old guy once tell me, he goes, change isn't better. Better is change. I just sit there and think about it for a minute. And then so we, we've identified some of the things that we need to do better, 
And then obviously, you you know, you saw in the spring we've changed some things and, you know, I'd like to pick up the pace a little bit because I do believe in those receivers on the outside and uh, all the receivers. And the more touches they can get, the better off we'll be. So one way to get more touches, I mean, one, you could just throw it every play, which we're probably not going to throw it every play, to be honest. But if we get more snaps, we get more opportunities for those guys, more opportunities to go score. So um, just kind of looking back on that, like I said, we, we spent – we spent a lot of time looking at, you know, what do we need to fix, you know, and it's our job as coaches to fix it. You know, there's there's no blame. It's in our room, at least. There's no blame going on. We we came back and, you know, whether it was identifying recruiting needs just to make sure we had enough depth, things we needed to coach better, uh, concepts that needed to be better, maybe some things we need to scrap, maybe some things we need to do more of. Uh, we spent a good amount of time identifying that, going into spring ball, implementing those things. Um, maybe a few tweaks after spring ball, but not a ton because, again, you want to get those guys a chance to get a bunch of reps at what they're about to go do. So um, we put a lot of work into it with uh, us as a staff and with Coach, and um, we've been back at work, and the kids have they've done an awesome job buying in and, you know, changed a lot of terminology just because it was time. You know, we've had enough guys come and go and freshen some things up and tweak some things and, you know, kind of getting a fresh start with it. Well, we we'll- – we talked about the offensive line, and, and when we talked a few weeks ago, it's th- this concept of with this with these zone reads, and you got to have smaller offensive linemen to get up the field. But you were telling me that you kind of gone back a little bit to because when I saw the guys for the first time right after the Fourth of July, and I look at these guys and I'm like, especially on the offensive side, I'm like, man, some of them as tall as I am, and I'm seven feet tall by the way, and so I'm looking at them, I'm like, man, these are some. You got some beef, got some height. So, uh, and you were saying that you really wanted to make a concerted effort to go wider and bigger. Yeah, you know, we uh, just looking at some of those games when you're when you're playing the team up the road, and they had they had a very big and strong defensive line. Well, we we got to be big and strong. Um, we got to be able to move those guys, and that that's our job up front is to move guys and and take them someplace they don't want to go. So, you know, we we worked on finding those big guys. Now, again, when you find big guys that you don't want. You don't want 450 pounds that can't move, but, you know, we worked hard in identifying guys in recruiting that we felt were big enough, strong enough, could stick their face on people and bend enough to move people around. And, you know, I think when people show up, hopefully, I mean, they're going to see that we're bigger, we're stronger. And obviously a, a huge part of that with Coach Gant with some of the guys that have been here is he ain't going to stretch them out and make them any taller, but <laughs> um, he's done a great job. Hello? You're still playing that game? Oh, man, it looks like you're in a game days. Yeah, I'm getting you Blocks blue light glasses from Zenny. Okay, okay, I'm pausing it. Um, what are Blocks? Oh, Blocks glasses help protect your eyes against blue light from digital devices. Sounds like Blocks will let me play longer. Ugh. Add Blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish all-day protection from harmful blue light. Get a complete pair of prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. And get back to gaming. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. Could your college-bound student benefit from free textbooks for a whole year? Parents, head to the College Ab Student Loans website and enter our sweepstakes. Free textbooks is just one way College Ab helps take the stress out of paying for college. Breathe easy with our great interest rates, flexible student loan repayment plans, and quick and simple application. To help your child win free textbooks for a whole year, visit collegeab.com slash freebooks. I'm putting muscle mass on them and giving them good functional weight. 
So when you, when you look at your 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 staff, I mean, just talk about that quarterbacks coach. You got Coach Booz, the running backs coach, in his in his uh, uh, third season. Talk a little bit about that your staff, the guys that you work with to kind of help build this offense. Yeah, we we have an awesome staff. You know, Coach Phillips, uh, he's co coordinator, and moving to coach quarterbacks, which he does an awesome job. You know, he's been here since eighteen. I feel like we've been together for a long time. Now. <laughs> um, you know, he, he does an awesome job. He, he'd had coordinator experience before he got here. And we really have a collaborative effort, you know, of putting the game plan together because you can only see so much. You know, you can only see so much. And so we have a lot of communication during the game as far as, you know, what we're seeing. And we spend a lot of time planning through the week. If we see this, this is what we're doing. And, you know, Coach Booz has been here since 2017. Um whether it was in a graduate assistant role and kind of moving his like, and I've known him for years, even when, even when we were at Indiana. So I've known him for a long time. Um, and he's done an awesome job with those running backs, uh, coach Frederick, coach and receiver moving over from DBs, coach and receivers, which he'd coached here, uh, before I got here, you know, obviously a lot of familiarity with, with him and just working together. And coach Powell's been here since 2018 with the tight ends. So when you look at it, um, We've been together for a long time, which, again, we talked about continuity earlier. It's nice to have those guys when you walk into the room and, you know, they know what you're thinking. You have a good idea what they're thinking, where their, where their ideas are coming from, that it's not just some, like, crazy off-the-wall idea. Like, we're, you have a good idea, you know, because we've, we've been together. We've, we've spent a lot of days down in that, that hot room down there. And so defensively, when you break it all down and look at the concepts in the game of football today, so let's let's look at that. Obviously, Stephen F., the number 10th ranked team in, in the FCS, and then you've got Tulane, a quality FBS. You, you look at defensive concepts. So I know you're always tweaking and always trying to do some different stuff offensively to try to throw teams off and, and get, get, them, get them on skates, if you will. What are you seeing in football today in terms of defensive schemes, loading up the box, those type of things? Has is, is anything changed schematically as you see as the game of football has evolved on this level? You know, it, it's, it's interesting. You can definitely look at it as you go league by league. Like if you look at the Big 12, who really likes to throw it around. Um, when Iowa State's been good the last couple of years, they've kind of played a three-high safety concept which is a which is definitely a little bit different and unique they played other three down front so you've you've kind of seen that come all over college football um you know that's definitely become trendy you know the rpos are always trendy on the offensive side but you know it definitely you can see things go in waves between three down people four down people and you know are they man pressure zone pressure team and you know even getting ready for sfa I'm glad we they have a game before us just in the terms of at least you get a chance to see some film. But um, their defense coordinator is coming in from the University of Buffalo. So we've had to – you, you kind of do double duty when that happens in the first game because you look at him to look at the scheme and what he's been doing there. And then, like, I spent the whole afternoon today just, again, getting myself familiar with the personnel from SFA. So you're looking at that because they have a whole bunch coming back. So you want to get a feel for the personnel and who those guys are. And then you got to get a feel from for the coordinator for what he's going to do. And the kind of tricky thing you're looking at that is at Buffalo, he worked for a defensive guy, the head coach at SFA, I believe, is a defensive guy. So, you know, how much do those head – you know, you can kind of get down a rabbit hole, so to speak, and trying to figure out what, what those guys' personality is where once you get to league play, like for us, we'll have, I believe, three games on UAPB before we play them. So now you're starting to get a feel for – 
you know, what those guys do. You know, especially the later the year goes on in league play, you start seeing four, five, six games, and you don't always, you don't use them all in your breakdown, but you do have other games to go back and pull from and look for different situations to kind of see what's going on with it. And, you know, some guys believe in they're going to do what they do the whole year, and other guys kind of vanilla, and then they get to league play, and it's like it's a little bit different. So, you know, for us going through camp, we'll take a lot of time identifying what we're good at, getting really good at doing those things every day. And because, again, you got you to gotta do what you're good at, what you know. So as we keep going and then, you know, we'll take – we will take some extra time for the first game to get ready. What, take it if you have it, you know. And the schedule actually works out pretty well for us. The, the first week of school for us is the week before SFA. So hopefully we get a chance to go through a game week because you have that mock scrimmage that Saturday. So you get a school week – kind of try and treat it like a game week and then turn around and do it again just uh you know the first first week of school there's it's always so it can be a little chaotic with you know guys figuring out classes and what the times are and you know them just trying to get their routine down yeah and that's 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 the thing you know you and having Stephen f play the game before they play us is is really an interesting dynamic okay. and and so for us for when i say us the swack you have a lot of games in non-conference this this early in the season. I mean, you Texas Southern Prairie View open up. You know, you got FAMU Jackson State week two, but FAMU plays North Carolina week one, and it brings up the question. And this is probably a crazy question, but not saying you hold back anything, but because before you get in the SWAC play, you've got uh, Stephen F., you've got McNeese, you've got Tulane. How much? How much do you throw out there knowing that your first conference game is in three weeks, uh, four weeks uh, after, you know, you start the season, week four? How much do you put out there? Just You just you throw everything out there, you just – and, hey, the teams just have to scheme it up. Yeah, we got to play to win. We got to play to win those games because ain't no one going to be happy if we walk up that tunnel and it, it didn't turn out the way we want it to, so – you know, just for us, we got to play to win, and that's what we're going to do. And, you know, we keep, we'll we keep building and tweaking every week, and, you know, we'll go with it from there. But, you know, you, you win those early games, you can get momentum, you can get confidence, yeah. you can get the continuity. So, you know, I know some guys maybe believe in that. I know some do it, but we're here to win, you know, and that's how we're going to play and prepare. And, you know, that's – I don't want to play a game if, I don't, if we're not here to win it. And a good schedule to start. And you put this team together. You talk about the individuals. Uh, so you talk about the quarterback, offensive line. Um, talk a little bit about the tight ends and what we can expect there. Third and four. We need a third and four play. You get the tight end. Third and three. Third and two and a half. Who's the one guy that tight end, that possession tight end, that can get us those gritty, gutsy yards? Throwing it to him or, or, or running? <laughs> Both. Let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah, so – Obviously, Truck Griffin played last year as a, as a true freshman. Uh, he had a really good year, you know, and he's gained he's gained ten to fifteen pounds. I can't remember what he told me he weighed this morning, but he came up to me and flex. It was like, coach, <laughs> which is awesome, you know. He's put put the weight on in the weight room, and um, you know, he's really kind of a do it all that can go out wide. He can be in the box. He's tough in the run game. So uh, he's he had a really good year, you know. I think he caught a couple touchdowns last year i know one against southern one against prairie view off the top of my head you know which is good we got to get those guys involved in the offense they can't always if they don't do anything other than block you know that obviously creates some issues for us you know jeremiah green had a really nice spring for us he's you know he's the bigger guy he's about 250 pounds 
you know, so I'm excited. You know, he, he caught some balls down, down the field this spring. Good to see him continue to grow up. And, he, you know, he played a bunch of snaps last year. Um, and then we got a new guy coming in, and, and Tyson Keys from Northwest Community College. Um, you know, he's about 245, and he played receiver in high school. He's from the Hattiesburg area, and he's got some tools. Um, and we got a couple other guys will be in the mix at that spot. So, um, you know, I guess I didn't, I didn't really answer your question, but um, those first three I said I feel good about. Yeah. You know, and, the, and we do – I mean, truck, truck is definitely – he showed last year he can be a great receiving threat for us. And those other guys, I think, in time, they'll be able to prove to do some of that too. We're going to take a break right here. We'll get to the text and tweets as we are seven days away from camp starting officially and 35 days away from the start of the season as we get ready for Stephen F. So we'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Again, we apologize for the technical issues early. That's on me. I got to own that one. We'll get that fixed uh, as we go forward. In a couple of weeks, Cedric Thomas, the Braves defensive coordinator, will be in this seat in two weeks. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I got it. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Do you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL Team. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Mississippi Army National Guard. Aired by the Mississippi Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, our producers, Jamario Brooks and Cedric Tillman, Inside Braves Football with Offensive Coordinator Elliot Radden. Coach, uh, the Twitter line is active. The text line is active. You can send a text, 601-301-2611. So, Coach Radden, here's a comment here. Um, Felix took every snap last year without a substitute. I hope that won't be the case this year. Now, talk a little bit about that because obviously it's going to be different this year with couple of new quarterbacks in the fold and just trying to if guys are struggling just just talk a little bit about that aspect of it you're sticking with one guy but there's a struggle there you make a change how do you how do you deal with that dynamic yeah so obviously you know with the competition we have there and if we have a couple that are good enough to play I could I could see you know that happening you know I, I, I think it'd be very rare that we would see one quarterback take every snap again this year um, you know and I'll leave it at that. I, I, I don't think that's likely to happen again. Hmm. So, and yeah. yeah. How fortunate is that? I mean, when you're playing one guy and one guy takes all the snaps and, you know, as a coordinator, how do you look at that? I mean, obviously if there's a struggle there, you, you, you think about it, but then the way the games go, the flow, you know, I know that's, that's gotta be a tough decision either way. You, you leave a man, you, you, you pull that's, that's gotta be tough. Well, and I'm fortunate <clears throat> that our head coach, is pretty good with the quarterback situation. And, and that one usually comes from him in terms of what he wants to decide to do with, with that. And so, and he's had a pretty good track record. So we leave that to him and it's great to have, it's kind of like you're still an extra coach on your side of the ball with having 
Coach McNair is the head coach, and you know he'll say he's more of an administrator. You hear him say that a lot, but uh, <laughs> he's a pretty good quarterback coach too. So he, he's obviously very involved in that in that aspect of it. You know, one thing at media day, I heard um, I heard a rumor uh, over at my alma mater, Grambling, that Hugh Jackson's got six quarterbacks on his roster. Of course, he knows quarterbacks. He was uh, you know he was at Tennessee State with the Bengals. Is it possible to have six quarterbacks on? I mean, I guess you can. You can't have that many. Yeah, I mean, we've had years where you have five, and then if you got, even if you got some walk-on guys, and you know, it's just a hard spot to rotate snaps because you can't rotate them in like receiver, or running back, or you know, they got to get a rhythm to them. So, you know, I, I mean, if there's six, I mean, I hope you got enough old linemen to rotate all those reps around. That's a lot of that's a lot of reps that got to get spread around. Speaking of old line, good segue, Coach Rad and Alexis Smith. Uh, tweets how many offensive linemen you like to rotate in a game. Uh, talk about that. Yeah, so this year with the tempo we're going to play at, I would envision I'd like to be able to play 10 of them in any given game, which may be a little bit high. Because um, especially if some – now, when if we get in a groove and some of those guys aren't tired, but if we're pushing the pace like we'd like to, I would like to have some uh, some rotation. You know, just obviously the bigger guys you get – uh, sometimes being able to play 85, 90 snaps could be a struggle. Um, and like I said, my job is to get that depth ready. We're going to condition them. Again, part of that deal is they're going to go some 7, 8, 9, 10 play drives through the course of camp. And that's after going through Indy and pass rush and inside and one-on-one. So, um, But, yeah, I would like to be able to rotate that, and we'll figure out how exactly that looks as the season goes. Um, we have a text question here, 601-301-2611. Um, we talked about <clears throat> last season a little bit. Do you think defenses have caught uh, onto our play schemes from last year and then any major changes? And we talked a little bit about that on the offense this year in terms of schemes. Now you don't talk about that a lot, but uh, we, we talked about it a little bit, just catching us you know, a little sideways behind the chains. I thought there were – Times second and nine penalties, turnovers, you know, penalties, second and 14, third and 11. We we found ways, but that, that is tough to continue to try to push through. Yeah, and, you know, when I, I, we went back and we watched every penalty as a staff too mm. and went back and threw it, and I, th- I think we ended up like third or fourth in the conference in penalties and fewest. But uh, we, those pre-snap ones we got to eliminate, you know, because those are things that we can control. Um, the holdings and personal fouls were, were very minimal. Um, again, the personal fouls, we don't have a spot for them because usually that's playing out of control. Uh, the holdings are big ones. Um, you know, and to go back and answer their question, you know, I, th- I think, you know, there's some things that we're always, we're going to keep tweaking and doing to make things better. You know, um, I didn't really ever feel like at any time where it was like, Hey, they just, it was like, Oh gosh, they know exactly what we're doing. There's times where there were some physical errors or, Maybe we could have put them in some better situations. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're pretty adaptive and, you know, and what we're doing week to week and changing up looks. And so, and again, like I said, we've got some new wrinkles that we'll see as we keep going and hopefully it's exciting to people. What, what did you see from the SWAC and in, in, in the defensive schemes that we saw, you know, last year? Obviously, you know, we had a four-game winning streak and we we're just kind of right there. And then we go to Baton Rouge, we lose at the Horn, and then Bethune-Cookman, and then – you know, right there, Jackson stayed midway through the third quarter, and, you know, we all know what happened. But 
just as you look at the swag defensively, and teams are upgrading. You got a new coach at Bama State, Eddie Robinson Jr., of course, Hugh Jackson. Um, teams are upgrading. Teams are improving on both sides of the ball in all phases. What did you see from SWAC defenses last year and kind of as you, as you look to, to this year? Because I know you've kind of maybe looked a little bit as of to what we can expect. Yeah, we definitely saw, just looking back on it, we saw more single high safety looks than we did in 2019 where we saw a lot more two, two yeah, I guess 19, a lot more two high looks. Um, that was one of the biggest things we saw just week to week. You know, 19, the flavor seemed to be more a lot of two high looks, and we saw a lot more single high looks uh, going into last year. You know, I do think, I mean, there's definitely, I think this league keeps getting better and better. And, you know, when you just look in terms of some of the D linemen you're seeing every week and some guys that can create some chaos coming off the edge there. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. Just if we're going to have a broad generalization, a lot more single high looks that we saw um, from 19. And you look at just some of the new coaches. you, you got Dooley going over to Southern. He won the West at Prairie View. Now he's at Southern. Um, you, you you look at one of their better defensive players, Dumas, is now at Southern, leaving uh, Prairie View. So it'll be some some new pieces, some new wrinkles there as well as we go back to Baton Rouge. That's right. And, again, the nice thing about those conference games is at least, especially with us not playing one the first week, you get you get several weeks of tape on those guys to see. You know, you can – and with some of those guys staying in conference, you always are going to go back and draw back and look at the games you've played against them, especially when the coordinators are the same. So you're always going to go back and look at that to see. And then if the structure fits, you really need to work to plug in there and see what, you know, what you had success, what you needed to fix. Um, and all, and always keeping in mind, too, those guys are doing the same thing to you of, okay, hey, you did this well against them. They're probably going to have an answer to take that away. So what's our response going to be now off that? Well, speaking of response, six out of the last seven division titles, how's been the response in the off season? Just try to get back, and as Coach McNair has said, get back to where we were. Yeah, and you know we've talked a lot about just focusing on every day. You know, I know it sounds cliche and all that, but you know, some of the, when we first got back, we had everyone stand up. And, you know, who played significant snaps in nineteen, and it's a few guys, but we have a bunch of guys that now or to the point where maybe they didn't play in that game in 19 so they're hungry to hang their own banner win their own ring and you know keep going forward with it and keep carrying on the tradition oh we can definitely do that you know we're talking before we went on you know recruit could your college-bound student benefit from free textbooks for a whole year Parents, head to the College Ab Student Loans website and enter our sweepstakes. Free textbooks is just one way College Ab helps take the stress out of paying for college. Breathe easy with our great interest rates, flexible student loan repayment plans, and quick and simple application. To help your child win free textbooks for a whole year, visit collegeab.com slash freebooks. Recruiting is always a thing, and, and I know fans always talk about recruiting the 2023 recruiting cycle is going on right now. We were talking before we went on the air. Talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. So, obviously, we had a number of guys that came to campus, both sides of the ball, this summer. Um, we've already started working on setting a lot of official visits up. You know, people are very interested at in coming to homecoming and the last one and, you know, setting up game visits. And, you know, the recruiting process is definitely moving faster now with guys wanting to make – you know, decisions. I think that's probably an effect of the transfer portal just in terms of people always looking like, hey, these transfers are out there, so if I wait to make my decision, someone might wait to take a transfer instead of a high school kid. So um, obviously we can't 
name any high school recruits right. that we have, but we have we have had an uptick in guys that are ready to make their decision and have come to visit. We had a great junior day here out for the spring game. I think we had 250 to 300 kids out here for the spring game, which was awesome, you know, and it was good to get everyone here for that. How is how is this thing changing? Where do you see this thing going, the transfer portal? And now they're talking about – and the NCAA is discussing, you know, really stepping out of this thing. Like you can transfer a couple of times, you go here, and then if things don't work out, you can go somewhere else. I mean, just with the NIL, the transfer portal, where, I mean, as, as a coach that's trying to get players, where does this leave the high school seniors? And where does you see this thing going? I mean, because it's, it's dizzying. It makes my head spin just thinking about how do you build this thing knowing it's the pieces are constantly moving around here i don't know if i'm smart enough to answer that question <laughs> um i don't I've, i mean it it keeps changing so you don't know what's going to change next you know and i don't um you know as far as the transfer portal and i didn't i didn't know that they, they were even really thinking about that until it just came out that they were thinking about waving the you know making it from one time to unlimited i think it's crazy and you know i you know, obviously they did it right around everyone's media days, and you heard a bunch of coaches sound off on. It's, I mean, it gets tricky because as you transfer, you got to meet progress towards degree and different things like that. So, I mean, I guess if they're not going to put a premium on getting a degree, you know, I, I think they should. I think athletes should have a right to transfer if things don't work out. I don't know about unlimited times because, you know, obviously they make these tweaks to the rules, and then there's always going to be the extremes, which are the most talked about. You know, in terms of people. You'll have kids that go to four schools in four years. I mean, someone will do it. You know, the NIL, I, I get, everyone understands what it was originally for, and immediately it gets taken to the extreme of handing high schoolers, you know, million-dollar de- or whatever that you've seen out there. I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, it, I mean it, it, but you're, you're telling the truth, though. I mean, that's just the reality of what, what we're dealing with. I mean, conversations that you probably wouldn't have in the past. I mean, it, it's coming to the surface now in terms of, where where this is going so that leads to the question about high school seniors and of course fortunate enough to do Vicksburg High I talked with Todd McDaniels the head coach at Vicksburg High and he was very complimentary in terms of the conversations you all have had in trying to get local talent that's always a question as you get in these recruiting cycles you talked about 2023 the local talent got a kid from Vicksburg High on our roster and trying to recruit the local areas how is that looking here as you step into the 2023 cycle and beyond yeah, I mean, we're always going to try and recruit in-state hard. You know, I, I think there's there's so many good football players in the state. Even when you just look locally around here, there's a bunch of good ones. And we've got a bunch on our board that we're recruiting, and I think it will end up favorable for us at, you know, when it comes signing day in December or February, whichever one they choose to sign. Um, you know, I think there's a way to keep building your roster. And everyone – it's weird because, you know, some guys want to do transfer – some guys want to do high school and transfer some and like everyone's got these elaborate plans of well I want to take 60% transfer 40% high school but then what happens if half your roster leaves you know and so you know it it it's complicated you know it's there, I don't know that there's a the right formula um but you know we're you know coach believes and we're going to recruit the high school and junior colleges and you know we we will go after transfers too where you know to me some of those are no different than going after a junior college you know where you for the same reason if that you need an older guy that's maybe a little bit bigger and more matured and played against other bigger more mature bodies yeah and you know my my thing of the whole transfer portal deal it kind of hit me in the face where i've i've read and i've heard coaches talk about the fact that they're holding scholarships just to see what's in the portal and you can you know 
pluck that and just hold some scholarships there for just for that purpose. That's that's interesting. That's something different. Five six years ago, I thought I'd never hear that. Yeah, that's it's definitely different, and you know, I don't know. I don't have. I'm not smart enough to, you know, keep forecasting. Especially, you know, things keep changing, and then they keep changing the rules. So, you know, you got to do you got to do the best job continuing to recruit your roster every day and making sure that your kids here are having success, they're graduating, and that you're taking care of them. And then you still got to go out and keep recruiting. You know, keep building for the future. And you know, I don't know if you necessarily say like, hey, we plan on taking one center this year do you maybe try and go get two and then because you don't know where that number is going to go or you know whatever it is just because you know I think what they are talking about that's good is the transfer windows you know maybe having it twice a year and putting it in there and but there's just so much there's so many moving parts to managing a roster now where you look at professional football there's windows there's contracts there's terms you can kind of project things out where this is uh, very much less regulated I look. I go back to John Gibbs, four-year starter for this university, and had the success. Four-year starter. Is that a dinosaur phrase? A four-year starter at quarterback in college football is. Are, are we seeing the end of that? You think? Um. Man, I, you may be. I don't. It, it's tough to say because. You know, I saw. I saw. I can't. I read something in two four seven the other day, and it was talking about how many transfer quarterbacks were going to be starters at the power five at the different power five and it's a very large number you know and I think you know some of those positions it's so hard to come in and start as a true freshman like that's very impressive that he came in and started as a true freshman you know I think nowadays if he came in and started as a true freshman that's still possible but how many quarterbacks behind him would be would you have seen on the roster you know just because they're like dang he's got two more years dang he's got three more years yeah and so, so how tough is that now with this, you know, with what's going on in terms of, you know, trying to keep two quarterbacks? You know, we've had quarterback leave, couple, you know, last year, a couple of years ago, and just trying to – that's a tough dynamic because if you're a backup and, you, and your quarterback in front of you is basically playing every snap, now as a, as a coach, as a coordinator, how do you deal with that dynamic? Because if he's playing well and if he's healthy, he's going to get every snap. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> That is tough. that's a, that's a tough thing to do, you know, because if that that's the hardest spot, the hardest thing about that spot, if one guy's playing, you know, you don't really want to take him out, you know, and so obviously, I mean, having you know, you see some people try and dabble and play with two quarterback packages, and it doesn't always work as well as you'd want, um, you know, if if you're fortunate enough to get up in some games where you can get the next one in, but usually if you're up by that much, you're really kind of putting them in to hand the ball off, and so. I mean, I'm an old line guy, but like, how much does that guy really like coming in, just handing the ball off? And yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, they want to come in and throw. Like, they want to do what they work on every day. Yeah, I know they work mess drill every day, but they really want to. They want to throw it. Yeah. So it is tough. You know, you got to do a good job. Like I said, you got to do a good job recruiting your own roster, explaining people's roles and where you see it, and and being realistic with them. So I guess the days of building a roster of freshmen growing up to be seniors four years sticking and staying together I guess that's that's gone as far as we know <laughs> the, it'll be less now I, I think that first team we were playing he's done a good job of developing it and he's got a bunch of guys that have been there and recruited the high school as well and so you know there's still guys out there doing it but um yeah it's different 
Well, Coach, we really appreciate you coming on here on this Friday. We had some schedule adjustments. Um, so this is, uh, don't want to interrupt your weekend because this is, as we talked about, this is your final, kind of your final free weekend. I mean, it all kind of kicks off next Friday is the first day of practice and the grind starts for real. Yeah. So uh, my wife actually went up to Indiana with our with our two boys. His birthday's coming up this weekend, but they got a big tractor show and we're starting. So um, she's going up to hang out with her family and you know, this time of year for the season time is tough for the coaches' wives, too. I get home 10, 30, 11, smelly and grumpy. And, <laughs> you know, they do – They do. shout out to all the coaches' wives, and yeah. especially mine. Now, my son, he's on a different sleep schedule. Now, he'll wait to stay up with me during the season to see me get home. Um, I don't know if that's going to work as well because he's got preschool and stuff. <laughs> he'll stay up on those non-school nights. He'll be up waiting. Yeah. And I do follow you on social media. I mean, just, just the – you know, football's a grind. Any head coach in any sport, it's a grind. But just the family aspect of it, it it's tough to make that happen. But you all, but coaches, I have a lot of respect for coaches, especially those with families, because it is tough, especially with football, because it, it never ends. You know, you might have a little bit of a break, a couple weeks here or there, but that's it. I mean, you're you're recruiting. You got spring ball, a little bit of a break, and then summer conditioning, and then here we go. Fall practice starts in seven days. So it's, I know it's 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 a tough deal, especially off the field. Yeah, and like I said, mine's awesome. She does a great job making sure she's in charge. I go home, I'm not in charge. She she does a great job keeping everything going, and you know I think we all probably have someone at home that's making sure. You know, you know obviously they love coming down here on Saturdays. It's t- you know it's tougher with the morning practice for the kids to come to practice because like, let's be honest, who really wants to get up at seven o'clock to come down and watch? It's not the same as coming out to like a three thirty practice when when it's kind of nice out and yeah. So, and it has been so hot. Um, practice starts next next week. Uh, I remember there were times in which we had afternoon practices, and it's, over the last several years, it's been morning. So that will that trend continue? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Coach T and I were talking about the other day how, like, I think it was in sixteen or seventeen they did it. I know at least in sixteen we could still do two days. I don't remember if it was seventeen, but we used to go out and do Camp Two Thirty, and Camp Two Thirty. Like, you know, I was coming down from Indiana, and I was like. We practice in this? <laughs> yeah. I was, it took me a minute to get used to that 2.30 when it's that sun's beaming down. It's been hot this summer, too. Absolutely. Like, it, you see those heat indexes at 110, 112. It's been hot. Yeah. How have you had to deal with that with the conditioning in terms of – because there's, we've had very little rain. Um, I'm from St. Louis, and they've had 12 inches of rain. Uh, my home in St. Louis got a little bit of water damage because it's just been so much – they haven't had – this much rain in st louis since 1915 historic rains up that way but very little rain down this way how have you had to handle the heat you know going hard then backing off and dealing with that well you know like i said the best thing is the way coach gant had the lift schedule set up of lifting in the evening or not the evening but they'd lift after lunch and i think that you know running the morning's great so we're able to do our running and they did their seven-on-seven stuff in the morning and, and the football stuff we could do, we would go out there and do that because otherwise it gets it gets too hot. And, like, even those mornings, some of those mornings it's closing in on the heat index is over 100. You know, I know some old people might say well, we're being soft and whatever, but there's – like, it's, you know, the rules are – when you start hitting over that 105, that's when you can't even have helmets on out there. Um, 
you know, and so they've been running. Coach Gant's done because you do. You have to condition them to go out and. Do, I guess 100. percent You got to go out there and work in that heat. You can't be in the gym in the AC and then expect to go out there. And you got to think when those kids, you know, he's doing right, putting them out there and getting them acclimated in the heat. Because now you put on. I wish I knew the science behind it. When you put on the helmet and the shoulder pads, how much hotter do you get? So. Um, and you know, with us being grass, at least that keeps it. Cause if you were on the turf, the turf adds, it adds a whole bunch to it, the heat wise. So, you know, coach Gant does a good job and, you know, he's got everything mapped out to recovery time. And, you know, obviously the trainers are out there and you got to make sure everyone's got their inhaler. And, you know, if someone's struggling with breathing, you I mean, there's, there's no more saying, Hey, keep going. It's, you know, we just got CPR certified again yesterday. We, we sat through the whole deal and, you know, which is good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's we got to make sure we take care of them. We, you know, we promise all these kids' families we're going to take care of them. So, you know, we'll get it again tomorrow. We got to be in better shape again tomorrow. But if you're, you know, we're not playing with that stuff. So between now, you got the weekend, and then camp starts next Friday in earnest. What takes place here over the next seven days? So um, the kids had the run test this morning. Mm-hmm. So after the run test. Um, they were free for the weekend. Some of, I think most of them have finals Monday and Tuesday from summer school. They will be off till Monday night. Uh, Tuesday, we'll do some football stuff. Wednesday, they, there will be a lift and a run for them. Thursday's technically reporting date, which is it's kind of weird now because most of the guys are here. But anyone else coming will be here Thursday. And so you do meet, you know, meetings with compliance and academics and you know, just get a bunch of the paperwork out of the way. And then Friday morning, we'll go out and practice. Um, you know, we'll pick up gear and stuff Thursday and kind of just, you know. But really, like for us, the plan is kind of like we have everything for preseason's done for us as far as uh, I can tell you what we're installing on day 14 and what situations, you know. We've spent a lot of time mapping that out, um, you know, and kind of take the next couple of days just to make sure we're ready for practice and just making sure we're all ready, make a run to the grocery store to load the office up, <laughs> get a haircut, you know, just, you know, cause when, so when we go, we're ready to go and focus on football. So you, you feel like once you kick it off next Friday morning, you feel like you'll be a little bit ahead of the game? Uh, we'll be just right. We'll just be in our groove. We'll, we'll be right. You'll be right where you want to be. And just be, right, be in our groove. And I apologize to anyone who's – phone call or text message I don't answer. We're, just, we're just in the groove going you know the camp schedules it's uh it's a long one yeah and so how many practices do you get in between now and the time school starts uh two, like 14 mm-hmm. 14 or 15 because we'll get two weeks uh you get you get 29 days to practice 25 times before your first game so um, we'll get two weeks of practice when school starts, with the second week being the week of Stephen F. Austin. Looking forward to the number 10th ranked team coming in here. I mean, all this talk about SWAC can't win, SWAC teams can't win games against the FCS opponents. We did it last year, Northwestern State. We got a couple of cracks at it this year with Stephen F. and McNeese State. Stephen F. coming in here. You don't get that very often. One of the top FCS teams in the country come going on the road. I mean, this is something that uh, you don't see very often, so I'm really looking forward to that first game. Yeah, it, and it'll be good. Like you said, you're trying to – obviously, we're there to win those first three, and we, we believe that, but you get a chance. There's no – I mean, we got a chance to gear up and get ready to – you know, iron sharpens iron. So going to play three good opponents those first three games, 
you're looking at teams that offensively and defensively, there's going to be a lot of carryover. You know, just in terms of there's no triple option team on there when you're not going to see a triple option team in SWAC play. Um, so it's good to get us ready, and, you know, those will be good battles. Should be fun. Coach, we really appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. In a couple of weeks, we'll be talking with Braves defensive coordinator Cedric Thomas, his second tour of duty here as the Braves defensive coordinator. He will join us. Always a lot to talk about with Coach Thomas. Very prophetic in a lot of his sayings and just keeping guys focused. A lot of stories he can share. Of course, he you know he was on the JUCO circuit. He was at USM. And then he was the head coach at UAPB as well for a time. So we'll share some stories with Cedric Thomas the Braves defensive coordinator, new defensive staff behind him as well. So we'll talk all about that in two weeks. That'll do it for Inside Braves football with offensive coordinator Elliot Ratt. And the Fred McNair show will be starting in a few weeks, and we'll be ready to kick it off against Stephen F. Hope you join us for all of that. For our producers, Jamario Brooks and Cedric Tillman, we appreciate the text and tweets. We'll do it again in a couple of weeks. So long, everybody.